0: Um, There's some very familiar words here. Please, can we try and forget how familiar they are? Which is next to impossible. Because what Paul writes to the Corinthians concerning the Lord's Supper includes these words. These words, As often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Proclaim? Who are we proclaiming it to? Are we proclaiming it to one another inside closed walls? What statement are we making when we come here? For some of you, you might be sitting awkwardly because it's another of those services you walk in and you're just the passage receiver of everything. But I want to ask you today, because I believe Paul challenges it, what statement are you making when you participate in this bread and this cup? So before we do anything else, I want to read not just the familiar words, but the words around them too. in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Paul has just spoken to the people about some local cultural things about head coverings and stuff like that and then he comes to some stuff where he cannot commend them verse 20 of 1 Corinthians 11 he says when you come together it is not the Lord's supper you eat for as you eat each of you goes ahead without waiting for anybody else one remains hungry Another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? Certainly not. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That's why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we wouldn't come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we won't be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home, so that when you meet, it may not result in judgment. Now I've heard many explanations of this event um, and I still don't understand what they did in the church in Corinth except that it's obvious they had a communal meal together and that somewhere within this communal meal there was what we know as the Lord's Supper where they kind of remembered the Lord but the Lord's Supper has to do with sacrifice And what they were doing had nothing of sacrifice in it because they were meeting together in one place and having their bean feast and many of them were ignoring the others. So this wasn't the Lord's Supper they were eating. It was selfish, personal, indifferent, uncaring. So whatever statement they were making... They weren't proclaiming the Lord's death. Okay, so far? So, what statement was Jesus making at this Last Supper? Remember, it was a Passover meal. So, the disciples have come together and Jesus is at the head of the table. He is the, um, the leader of this meal. And they're there to celebrate the Lamb that was that was sacrificed, whose blood was painted over the doorposts and lintels of the places where they lived, so that the angel of death passed over them a long, long time before, and they were emancipated from Egyptian slavery. That night they came out, you remember. So this is what they're expecting. However, Jesus says, when you eat this bread no longer think of that lamb now think of my body broken he's changing the whole thing and then when it comes to the cup he says and when you drink this cup it's no longer to do with that old covenant this is a new covenant the new covenant that god has promised you through the messiah and it's ratified as all such covenants have been through the ages with blood and it's ratified by god with my blood so when you do this remember me this is new I can imagine the disciples being thoroughly confused. Scared, maybe. What's he doing, talking about remembering? You do that with people who have gone. (laughs) But Jesus knew that that night he went out to be condemned and crucified. So that night, when Jesus gave thanks and made this new declaration this astonishing declaration he had sacrifice in mind and it was his own sacrifice on their behalf in obedience to god on their behalf that is an amazing statement to be making <laughs> I've wondered if it was blasphemy, but I've come to the conclusion whether it would have been considered blasphemy, but I think not because he was relating himself to the sacrificial lamb. But still what he was saying was what God has promised is being instituted tonight. This is the start of the new covenant. And just in case... You don't remember some of the things that were said in the Old Testament about the new covenant. Here's something from Jeremiah 31. The time is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It won't be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And no longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. This cup, he said, is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you do it, today, in remembrance of me. So that is a fantastic, incredible statement. When they had that Passover meal, they were remembering emancipation from slavery into the freedom of God's new life. Where God went with them in a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. God with them. Through all their wanderings until they reached the promised land. We're told by the New Testament that by giving himself, Jesus was rescuing us, emancipating us from this present age. And we're told elsewhere that whilst they, in days gone by, had been rescued from the dominion of the pharaohs, we are being rescued from the dominion of darkness, bringing us into a new kingdom that has redemption and the forgiveness of sins. We have been transferred from darkness to the kingdom of light through our faith in the sacrificial work of Christ, an atonement which covers our sin. That is awesome. So let, let me ask what we're stating as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup. What are we saying? Do you think Paul wrote this passage so that it would be enshrined in liturgy and followed as a formula thoughtlessly for ages on. It's in the context of a letter dealing with their relationships with each other. So he never expected us now to be sitting round or Baptists or Anglicans or whoever to repeating it repeat it like the Lord's Prayer without thinking about it ad nauseam. He wasn't saying that. But he was saying that as often as we do this, we're making a statement. So what is it? Thirty years ago, sitting at the back there when this church still had pews, my neighbour sat Uh, He and his wife had decided that although they didn't believe, they couldn't impose their unbelief on their children, they ought to give their children a chance to make their own minds up. So they started sussing out churches, and since they knew me, they were here. We had communion that day, and we read the whole of this passage. And my neighbour, who was a great debater, and knew his own mind and his own opinion, and and was a great sceptic. And sort of laughed at the superstitions of our own beliefs, sat at the back there and said, "Eat and drink judgment on themselves." <laughs> oh, these people are so stupid. Um, he said it to himself, of course. And then he took communion, and he took communion as a deliberate affront to this imaginary God. I'm going to prove that this is stuff and nonsense. Ha! Now, this man was a redoubtable DIYer, the sort of man that all you women would love to have as your husband, if you don't already. Um, He did immaculate work, but that afternoon, using a power tool, he had a very uncharacteristic accident. And he sustained an injury and could have lost his fingers... Well, of course, that was sheer stupid coincidence, wasn't it? So the following month, he came back and did exactly the same again. An affront to God to prove that this is nonsense. And during that week, exactly the same thing happened. And this time, he was lucky not to lose a limb. Before the week was out, he sat on my sofa, asking me, how you become a Christian? Now then... I don't understand this thing about judgment either. I wonder whether it's because they were ignoring one another, they weren't taking care of one another, therefore people were falling ill and being uncared for and therefore suffering more than they ought. I don't know what Paul quite means here. But that man made a statement at the back to prove that this was all nonsense. We're sitting here making a statement of faith because we believe it's all true. So what are we saying? I've almost finished. But if it's true we've been rescued from this present age, because God has first reconciled us with God, and he has put his mind into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and through the scriptures that we have, because he's given us his word and his example to transform us so that we now can say we know him and he knows us. If God has really done that for us, and if he's really rescued us from the dominion of darkness, there should be something noticeably different about us than from the dominion of darkness around us, shouldn't there? Or this present evil age as it operates in our daily lives and around us. There should be something which is notably different. Now most of us are middle class, and... Hooray for middle class. That's us. Hooray. And we've got some really, really good sort of, um, sort of cultural things, um, especially when it comes to our children. We're all for safety and security. That's brilliant. But we're also living in a consumerist age where, in actual fact, in the, in the spiritual vacuum of our present day the advertisers are now selling things as though they are spiritual potions. Have you noticed? Have you noticed they're even starting to use spiritual symbols and and signals and signs to sell their stuff? Because if you buy their stuff, you will be the happiest and most contented person in the world. Even sitting in their car, you will be like an angel. Or whatever. And the trouble is that because it's this present age, and we actually walk about in it, this consumerism can stick to us like sweat or like smuts from dirty smoke. And when our safety and security is then, has comfort and convenience added to it, but that we remember to bring us out of this present age Christ suffered and died, the apostles all laid down their lives, Um, that we enter the kingdom of heaven through many tribulations, that we are enjoined by Scripture to be faithful even unto death. I just want to ask whether comfort and convenience have crept into the liturgy which Paul never intended it to be so that all we do is sit around and simply be consumers. I'm forgiven. And I am. I'm forgiven. I'm comforted. I'm loved. I'm cherished. All those things are true. But what about tomorrow at work in this present evil age? Did our statement end at the door? <laughs> Was it just to confine to in these walls? Because I fear that if I'm really loyal to the statement I make here, sooner or later, I'm going to get somebody's back up. I'm going to have people breathing fire down my neck. It might be my neighbor because I suggested I pray for her. Maybe somebody who heard that I said something in preaching which is really, really not very understanding this present evil age. (laughs) What statement am I making? You will find people these days eating this knowing that it may cost them imprisonment because they take the statement out of the door with them because it's a statement about life not about comfort convenience safety or security think about it the end